Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 112 of the podcast, and today I am stoked to share Matt Hardy, the creator of Manuko. Now, Manuko is a company that Matt thought of when he was a 22-year-old. He was, at the time, he was working as a job in a corporate position that anybody would probably love, but it just wasn't fulfilling enough. Matt is extremely creative, and a lot of that stems back to primary school, where he went to a, a Steiner school that his parents created for him and his siblings, and I was fortunate enough to go through that schooling system with Matt. So we talk about a wealth of things today, traveling, finding your purpose, finding your passion in life, and how to action something to make a real impact. Now, Matt shares a wealth of knowledge, and one of the biggest takeaways I took from Matt today is that it's okay not to fit into Norman, that there is always something out there to find your passion, get that fire burning. So anybody listening along, Matt shares the journey that has taken to create a company from an idea to now a big warehouse, stop them all over Australia, Dubai, Japan, and everything like that. And the biggest question I had for Matt is, how are you not overweight when you create such delicious treats? Because I know I love chocolate and all I do is eat it. So guys, sit back. Matt Hardy, this is our chat, episode 112. Alrighty guys, on location today with Matt Hardy. How are you buddy? Great, great to be here. Excellent, mate. Now, before we get started, I'm really excited because uh, we haven't caught up for a while, but we actually went to primary school and high school together. And uh, we're going to talk about, we went to a primary school on a farm that you used to live with, uh, live at, and yeah. it was a Steiner school. Now, yep. I think the most we ever had at the whole school was, uh, I don't know, 40 or 50 people. A lot of times it was only 30. So we used to be mates in the same year, but we'd be in grade six hanging out with the preps in the grade one. So um, do you want to talk about your experience at Milby and probably how it's, we're going to talk about your business area today, but how that's probably shaped the person that you've become? Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, well, Milby was a very, uh, Milby was awesome. Very unique kind of learning experience when you look back on it. So yeah, I think Max had about 50 kids in it. Yeah. And it yeah. was um, built on our farm. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so my parents helped kind of co-found it yep. with a couple of other interested parents because they didn't find kind of suitable education in the area and um, based on kind of science education principles, so very creative, um, kind of encouraged creativity, imagination coupled with the work. So my general experience was like, I love school, I love maths, I love English, I like the whole, I'm very much, very much a creative thinker. So I really like that, being able to bring creativity um, into whatever you're doing. So that's, that's definitely influenced me today, without a doubt. Yeah, yep. and, and, and pretty cool that uh, the farm that you grew up on, which is a dairy farm, that yeah. actually parents built the school on that. So that's, that's right. pretty cool when that can happen all in one spot. Ah, it's crazy. It's like a five-minute walk from and, home. So it, it, Unbelievable. Yeah. I remember coming to Stony House and one of the jobs each day for the grade six would have to be go down to your dad's vat of milk, <laughs> dip it in and bring back bring back the milk so the teacher can have a cup of tea and coffee. Like, thinking about today's world, that's crazy, isn't it? I know. It's just insane. It's like, it's normal when you're growing up in it. And then it's like, wow, it's kind of pretty unique. Yep. Yeah. But um, yeah, I loved it. Like, I love school. And I think like... 
learning, you should love learning or you, you can love learning. I think most education kind of drums it out of you. Yep. You know, you hate school, uni sucks, it's all about just getting the mark. And I think that's like terrible. Like, you know, learning should be a lifelong thing. You, you, you know, why not love it? Do something if you're passionate about, you know, fall in love with it. And that's what, you know, learning's about for me. And I think like Milby kind of, um, you know, there for like the whole primary school up until like 12, 13 years old. So it kind of built that into me. Yeah. And then I had to kind of, through high school and uni, I had to kind of relearn it after that. I was like, man, like I hate. It's completely it different. Like, yeah, 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 it's so different. I, and they both have their benefits. Yep. You know? So And I suppose, so for people listening, that's Steiner Education and you can look that up. That was a primary school we went to, but then I suppose a big shift as well. I remember first day of high school when we went to a, from 30 or 40 kids and we had rocked up to this school, Wayne doing there's 13 hundred kids there and I remember doing my work the first day and I got out my crayons and I started colouring in and shading my work and that just wasn't done so how did you find the transition from going to a school on a farm a Stein education very creative just going to mainstream school yeah yeah it's actually really challenging in some ways like so yeah going from like 45 kids to a, you know over a thousand everyone's in grey uniforms at Wanganui yeah. at high school while we're all like you know no uniforms at Milby and I remember the same thing, like after a science test, I never forget, coloured, finished it early, coloured it in, <laughs> handed it to the teacher. I coloured it in, not to get a mark. I was like, this is what you do. You make things beautiful. Yeah. And the teacher's like, oh, Matt, you don't need to do that. And I was like, oh, this sucks. I went home. I was always complaining to my mum. Yeah. You know, and then like, you know, downhill spiral kind of happened after that. But um, in terms of the work, like that was no problem. Like yeah. maths, English, all of that. I think we were like, that was no worries. It's just like getting readjusted to like, completely different environment kids that don't really give a shit about school yep um yeah so it's kind of challenging but yeah. it's also it's cool. like socially it was, it was pretty cool as well and it was yeah, good to have a few more than two kids in our year group but oh great so after Wanganui mate you did you did a lot of traveling traveled the world and um, you got a degree in uh let me get this you'll probably be able to pick this up but I remember some sort of international business or something exactly. like that yeah. yep very good so you did that and um you just realized that you know probably working for someone else corporation nine to five job wasn't for you mm. um do you reckon that had something to do with your upbringing or you just like there's got to be more out there yeah uh, probably it's probably partly upbringing um partly traveling because i so i studied international business yep and then in my summer holidays like i went firstly i left high school went traveling for about seven months just backpacking on my own through like mainly through europe western yep. eastern europe and went to thailand on the way home came back and was, like your mind gets opened to that like i was so 19 much. years old it's like yep. all these people i met from all these different cultures it's just like it's unbelievable came home moved straight to melbourne studied international business and then in my summer holidays um, I went to Mexico. I went through for two months down Mexico, Nicaragua, Guatemala. So through Central America. Through Central America. Yeah. And it was just completely wild. Sleeping on hammocks by beaches, catching these, you know, buses through you know, <laughs> yeah. countries. It's super Crazy buses. <laughs> I can't believe I survived the whole thing. And, um, and then I came home after that trip. I came home and went straight to this internship job at Ernst & Young. Yeah. You know, it's considered like one of the best companies. Like landing a job there is like, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's like the ideal of where you end up with my kind of degree. Yeah. Went through the graduate program there. Um, so that's a classic kind of nine to five job, you yeah. know, wearing suits, walking down Collins street. Um, that was kind of like, you know, that was the whole point of studying international business and, yeah. I, and I hated it. Yeah. I just, and not, there was a great company, really intelligent, good people, 
I was like, and I was 22, I was also young and mm-hmm. I'd just been traveling a lot. So it was maybe time of life as well. Yep. But um, I was like, I don't know how people do this. Yeah, every day. How do they do this and not like go and kill themselves? Or, like, <laughs> so or there's, just, there's like, more there for you. I just felt there was much more to life than this. And, and I remember thinking, um, I remember saying to my dad, I think, like, I feel like only 1% of me is being utilized, yeah. even though I'm completing the jobs and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, like I'm doing everything I need to do, but I'm only one, you know, there's so much more in me that can yeah. be utilized and I'm like, I'm going to waste here. Yeah. So it's sort of locking in that creativity that you've That's sort it. of been accustomed to growing. I know your parents said, well, they built yeah. a school because they didn't believe education was for you. So yeah. for you to say you're only using 1%, you're very intelligent. Yeah. This great job. Yeah. It just wasn't for you. So Renuko, mate, how did it all come about like yeah. was it you know you obviously working at this young you're like this isn't for me I need something else but how do you just go from that so I'm going to create an organic chocolate company <laughs> and take over the world like how does that happen that's right exactly <laughs> um, yeah well when I was at Ernst Young so 22 I we had a kind of like a very early midlife crisis okay like, that's know, a real early midlife crisis like what am I going to do with my life like this, is, this isn't just saying no to Ernst & Young, it's saying no to all those kinds of careers that my degree enables me to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just remember one night, I was doing a lot of Kung Fu as well. I started Kung cool. Fu that time, like very physical, like I need to be physically active yep. and being in an office all day just drives me insane. So Kung Fu is super physical, um, a lot of discipline as well, and um, which is great. So I just, it's kind of balanced the two out. Yep. So you had that outlet because had the outlet, that's an exactly. important thing, I suppose, people listening that... If you're not really enjoying your job, you need to have some passion, some outlet, some form of a passion in your life mm. that you can look forward to. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, I had that as an outlet. I also was doing like a lot of art, yep. reading philosophy books. Is that it's kind of like the extremes came out because at Ernst Young it's just like a grey, air conditioned office doing extremely like, you know, mundane kind of work. Um, and then, yeah, about midway through Ernst Young, I was just like, I just had this, that's when I first had the idea for Manuko. I was like the yep. inception of the idea. And it was, the idea was kind of like, it wasn't so much, I want to start a business and it wasn't a, it wasn't a strategic thing. It was more like, how do I want to make a difference with my life? Yep. And I want to, this is the kind of thing I want to see more of, more of in the world, which is healthy, organic food, more available for people. So it was kind of like a, I called it a true food revolution. And that was just the idea back then. But the impulse was like, why isn't life a win-win-win? You know, like you eat food that tastes good, but it's bad for you. Or you, you know, you drink and you get, you, or you, you do drugs and you get a high, but you have a come down after. It's yeah. always a win-win Same situation. Same alcohol, some smoke, any, alcohol, anything, drugs, whatever yep. it is. Like, Even sugars, you know, people sugar. like, sure, I think sugar's an, a, a, a drug because yeah. it's exactly the same as what we just mentioned. Yeah. So I was like, why can't you just have a win-win? Like life, like life can be a win-win. Like your work doesn't have to, you know, destroy your soul. You yep. can do work that you feel passionate about. You can still have a high, like, but do it in a sustainable way. Yep. So like whether that's surfing or whatever it is for you. Yep. And so that was kind of like the philosophy as part of it. And for me, it was like, it, it had a bent on food for some reason. Like I really like food. I, I love food. So personally. this is the big question and I've been thinking the whole time. <laughs> How, you're very lean, very skinny. Yeah. You own a chocolate company. <laughs> a chocolate company. I wouldn't fit through the, the door that we've just rolled in and I've got the biggest sweet tooth ever. How are you, how don't you just eat all your amazing product? Well, I do. And that's, that's, oh, the, look at that's the endorsement. That's, that's, this is the endorsement. <laughs> you know, chocolate, 
like if you have the pure pure chocolate like cacao it's just bitter like yep. you know how dark chocolate's considered healthy yeah that's because dark chocolate is just pure cacao it's, it's the real chocolate it's the sugar that makes you fat yeah it's not the chocolate it's not the actual if you have cacao it's just bitter yep and it's full of magnesium antioxidants yeah, it's and other good for you. things it's just not as nice as you know normal <laughs> chocolate and that's why people go oh I want chocolate yeah so the challenge is making it delicious and that's what I'm on, on a mission to do so I use like healthy sweeteners and I mix in like like nuts um, lots of vanilla like just really good ingredients yep Raw organic ingredients. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nice. And the whole idea isn't to like for people to be raw or vegan or anything like that. Like I'm not vegan. I'm not trying to. I just want to push the idea that um, you can just like you, you, you know healthy. Just be healthy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And enjoy it. Like you can have a block of chocolate and enjoy it. It yeah. doesn't have to be bad for you. Just don't get like the crappy chocolate. Yeah. Like, heaps of sugar in it. That's right. Exactly. And it's yeah. fun like any food. All food can be good, but if it's processed high sugar content and other things and it's obviously not going to be good for you so your idea come about you wanted to you know make a big impact and mm -hmm. be proud of the work you're doing and yeah. everything like that how did you get started what was uh, the first step and the other thing was like also at Ernst Young I felt like I was being underutilized I was okay. like I want to be doing something that allows me to reach and express my full potential cool and so that was part of it as well so part of it was a personal thing like I wanted more meaning in my work yeah and the other thing was like you know, I want to make a difference in this kind of way. Yeah, so I yeah, care yeah. about this kind of area. And so I had the idea when I was 22. And then um, I did finish this internship. They offered me a contract to continue as a, like after uni. And I thought about it for a week. And I said no to that contract, which is kind of like one of those forks in the road. How many times do you reckon people have said no to that job? I don't know. Probably she, never. Yeah, this lady said, well, I handed back the contract not signed. She's like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, there's people lining up to work here. Yeah, like, yeah that's what I mean. So one of, their, one of their values was integrity. And I was like, well, you know, this is just, I want to act in integrity. And I wouldn't be if I said yes to it. So. I like it. I like it. Very good. <laughs> nice. So after you handed so, back yeah. that contract, what happened? So then I finished uni and then um, I really just, I did, I wanted to just be completely open after uni. No, nothing about building a resume. wasn't about anything. I had no strings attached. I wanted to be completely open. And so I decided to go traveling after uni. I went to uh, China. Yes. Well, first I worked in a little bakery by the beach for a little while to save up some money for like six months after uni. And then um, I didn't have that much money actually, but um, I planned a seven month trip around the world and five weeks was studying Kung Fu in China with these Shaolin monks. Really? Like, wow. Yeah, it's the most intense physical exercise I've ever done. And they, they were incredible. Like they were so strong. <laughs> Guys. Not even, not not just for your body though, but for mentally as well. Oh, like mentally, what you can actually push yourself to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're Buddhist monks. Yeah. So, you know, they're Buddhist warrior monks. So they're pretty crazy. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was wild. We're doing like squats with someone on our shoulders. <laughs> We're hitting trees as conditioning exercises. Really? <laughs> yeah. And it's like 35 degrees probably like from 6am to 6pm. Um, yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> cool. And then, um, <clears throat> yeah, I went traveling, went to Scandinavia um, hitchhiked a bit, you know, went to Switzerland, did a creative arts course, um, all these, did all these things. But I had that idea for Manuka when I was 22, like at, at Ernst Young. And then I carried that with me. So when I was traveling, I was like diarying about it, like Good. journaling, like, yeah. oh, you know, it's just kind of visioning, you know, it was like, oh, this would be cool if it was like, you know, and then just, I think naturally, I didn't realize that I didn't even know. I don't think I really thought, never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, but it just naturally came to me to think of it as a business and, um, yeah, just like traveled with it for quite a few, for, for that time. And then I met my partner Inga in Sweden, she's from Norway yep. and 
we got together, that was like nine years, yeah, nine years ago, I think, nine and a half years ago. And then came back to Australia, worked in Australia, for, like went to Byron Bay, travelled there for like three months, yeah. And, um, and then came back to Melbourne and rented here. And at that time I was like maybe 26. And my, other, my friends from uni were, um, you know, they were like doing really well with their, you know, with their careers. They like bought a house or bought apartments yep. and, um, you know, doing, doing their thing, doing their thing really well. And um, I was like, man, what am, what am I doing with my life? Like I've just been traveling for the last couple of years. You know, it's like I've ditched this whole conventional life. And so I was like often on Centrelink. I was like working all these hospitality jobs. Yep. And, I, and then I had like another midlife crisis. <laughs> it was a really, it was actually probably like the lowest, one of the lowest points, let's yep. say. Um, because it was coming home and then I wasn't traveling anymore. So I was yeah. in the normal life. Life, but I wasn't reality normal. hit you that, reality you know, that you can't just travel. Well, you, you can, but sometimes, you know, you're probably looking at your friends as well. Exactly. You know, exactly. like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. And you can't, I didn't want to travel forever. Like I met travelers who were like 40, 50 and had never really grown up. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to grow up as well. And keep traveling, of course. Yeah, of course. But also do some work yeah. as well. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was a challenging time. And then maybe... I actually worked a job for an organic chocolate company. Okay. Um, and that was super inspiring. The guy who founded that founded it out of his bedroom um, when he was in his mid thirties. Yep. No money. Now it's like a multi million dollar, hugely successful company. And so I worked there for about two months making chocolate. And I wasn't really passionate about chocolate that you know at all. But then I got, I was like, because I was passionate about health. And then I realized, oh, chocolate can be healthy. <coughs> yes, it's cool. And also, he, I got an insight into manufacturing. And I saw with manufacturing, you can really have impact. Yep. You know, you can scale something. And you can also start quite small. You know, you, you know whereas if you opened a restaurant, you, got, you can't really, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you've got to have everything. Yep. Yeah, definitely, because companies. people are coming in, you direct to the public. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, from there, you just, you just started. You just, right, yeah. right, I'm going to... You left the shotgun, then you just started your own. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of. Um, so, left that. Um, and then um, I did the NICE course, which is like New Enterprise Investment Scheme. Yep. You know, kind of government things, supporting small businesses. And um, I started something out of... It wasn't even out of the spare bedroom, because we didn't have a spare bedroom where we were living. It was out of, like, the living room. <laughs> and I was selling, like, organic oats, whole foods online. Okay. Uh, it was kind of like a starting point. I maybe made like one sale in six months. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, so it started extremely small. I'd say like basically no money, you know, and hardly any contacts, very little experience. Um, it's a radically different business to what I'm in today. And um, it basically wasn't really much of a business. It was kind of just starting something. Yep. Um, yeah, but it was built on the same principles that I had when I was 22. So yeah, yeah. organic, you know, trying to make it like, and also bringing Mildy into it. Like a lot of it was like designing the labels, yeah, getting yeah. the right packaging, making yep. it looking beautiful and awesome. So that was right from the beginning. I really loved that part of it. Yep. Um, and I still do. I love design. Huge, yeah. Well, if you look at like your Instagram page <laughs> and that, like it's so particular. The images are perfect. The product's amazing. I must mm. admit, I love seeing up to date. So fast forward now, looking at where you are, you've got 
You've got a warehouse, you've got an office, you've got five staff to work for you in caf- in 50 or 60 cafes in Australia. You've just gone to Dubai, Japan. What? So you've gone from selling oats. <laughs> so so now now talk us through sort of day-to-day products, uh, what, what it looks like now. Yeah, so... Um yeah, definitely has refined a lot and evolved over time and kind of honed in on a really like amazing product range. So we do a range of raw chocolate slices. They're artisanal, all handcrafted. Um, and we stock, yeah, 40, 50 cafes around Australia, stocking a cafe in Dubai, and we shipped a couple of pallets to Japan last year. Wow, awesome. that's cool. That's, yeah. Yep. So it's about, yeah, three and a half thousand slices, I think, over there. Um, and of course, you know, all certified organic ingredients. They're also like good for people, like vegan friendly, um, refined sugar free, yep. um, gluten free, things like that. So it ticks a lot of boxes, but the main thing is like crazy delicious and also good for you. Yeah. So it's kind of guilt free. So we have these range of like artisanal treats and then also um, some raw chocolate truffles. So designed really for cafes, like great with the coffee or just on their own. And we sell online as well around Perfect. Australia. All right, I'll have, uh, we'll get to that in the end. I have a social website. So people are listening, oh, wow, that sounds awesome. Um, we can jump on and get that. So um, all this is great. I, I like figuring out things you've learned along the way about yourself, about growing, developing, things like that. So what's probably been the biggest learning curve or the biggest, I don't like calling failures or mistakes, but mm. what's the one thing that you've really learnt a lot from along the way? And, and it could be a failure, it could be a mistake, or mm. you know, it could be creating oats and selling them online. Like, what, what's the big area or the one thing that you reckon you've learnt the most about you know, mm. the business and yourself? Yeah, great question. Um, I think there's been, there's definitely been some really big challenges or, you know, yeah, quote, failure or maybe like um, just some setbacks, yep. maybe. Yeah, um, which have actually been a huge gift in, yeah, in hindsight. But maybe one of the biggest, one, well, there's a lot of big learnings. One big thing is um, being open to feedback and constantly growing and evolving. Yep. That's a really big thing, getting out of your own head. Because often, no matter how good my idea is or how much, even with experience, you think, oh, this is going to be great. And you, 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 you find out something that you just didn't know. You know, there's something like, for example, maybe it's a perfect product, but it doesn't ship well. It melts at a certain temperature. It's like, oh yeah, I didn't really think of that. Or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or, and so getting feedback is super important. So I do a farmer's market every week okay. and that's just amazing. Like I'd recommend that to any food business um, or any way to get direct feedback from customers. Well, that's your free, yeah. that's a free, uh, like feedback's the hardest thing to gather. And if you can get that instantly while you're still selling, that's a, a win-win, isn't it? Absolutely. And then if people aren't buying it, that's the greatest feedback. Yeah. Cause some people don't want to be honest, <laughs> you know, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, like, yeah. Look, just be honest, you know, yep. like give me the cold hard truth and yeah. Was so, that, was that something that, uh, took you a while to realize that, you, you're not always right and I know personally that it's taken me a long time to take feedback on because I think I'm always right is is that something that you know you've learned or it's just taking time definitely taking time yep. yeah um, I think also like listening to the feedback can be hard because yeah. you want to kind of avoid the truth you yeah. know and there's been times that's the risk I think with wholesaling to a business because you're not facing customers yeah and so you have being removed is a bit risky. So that's why I like going to a farmer's market and getting direct feedback. So yeah, just like being open to the, the truth. And then when, when, you, when, you, when you see the truth and you acknowledge it, then you can do something about it. Because yep. if you're just constantly like, no, no, it's, a, it's all good, it's all good. It's actually, it's not all good. It's going to bite you in the ass, you know. Yeah, in the long run. In the long run. So there's been a few times when that's happened to me. And 
yeah, I've had to learn like the hard way. I suppose yeah. you've had to learn the whole way too because you, you've never ran uh, a wholesale <laughs> company or a creation of food company or anything like that. So did, did, I suppose that's been a big learning curve. I suppose every day you're learning. Well, that's kind of funny. I was thinking about that today. It's like, you know, I failed one subject in my entire life and I was cooking. <laughs> and that was a high school and that was probably because I didn't show up yeah at, you know too much too often and also they were teaching me how to follow a recipe and I create recipes but I didn't study cooking I didn't study patisserie or anything like that I didn't study chocolate making um, so yeah it's all learning but the cool thing is um, you're not rest- I'm not restrained by having studied that so there's all, all the rules that come with that I don't know so I'm like oh why don't, why don't you just do this yeah. what if you added that to it and then so you, yeah so and I think there is also like you have an innate kind of potential or gift for certain things. Like yeah. if you're, maybe you have an innate potential for business or for whatever it is you're good at. But the thing is like work in that gift, you know, like practicing it and it's going to be hard, like, like a sport, getting good at a sport, you know, practice, practice, train, train, even though you might be gifted. Yeah. You know, you're going to suck if you don't practice. Yep. You know, you can't just show yeah, up. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't put in the hours you're not going to receive that full potential that you could do if you put in the hours, yeah, I suppose. that's it. So what, what advice would you have? Like, obviously, this is great because um, most people have a passion and they've been in that area. You've gone through a completely different one. So what advice, I'm sure people ask you this, but what advice do you give to people that um, they may have an idea? Um, I was just thinking, like, you know, so many people have ideas. Yep. You know, ideas are easy. Doing like making them happen, that's the hard work. Yeah. And I think with an idea, like you can, it can work so perfectly as an idea. You know, everything works as an idea. But when you try and do it, it's like, oh man, there's all these problems, it's challenging. It's like, I don't know how to do that, or I've got to employ people, or how do you employ people? Yeah. And so you have to face all these challenges. And so having, there's a great book that I, I love. It's a really short book called Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield. It's fantastic. And it's all about just, Doing the work. Yep. So yeah. turning up, getting it done. Showing up, you know, and it's about like the difference between being an amateur and being a pro and a pro, what a pro does is they just show up. An amateur is like, oh, I don't feel like it today. Yeah. It's like, sorry, you know, <laughs> you don't have that choice. You know? Yeah. It's good to have time off, of course. It, it, it's good yeah. to have time off and things like that, but it's not always going to be smooth sailing. And yeah. I can imagine how many times have you just thought, is this for me? Has there been a lot of times where... Like, you're just like, you're smiling at me. I wish you were filming this in video, but how many times have you just thought, I can't do this or it's not for me? And, and what, two-part question, then what's changing to say, no, I'm just going to keep going? Yeah, many times. Yeah. Yeah, many times I thought, this is not for me. And, um, but it's kind of like saying, oh, life is not for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Some people do that. Yep. You know, and it's like, you know, you're going to face challenges. That's the thing. You know, it's not smooth sailing. Life isn't smooth sailing. No. It's like just trying to, embrace that reality um so yeah it's definitely definitely have times where like this is this is tough and i don't know if i'm cut out for it and then um having some kind of good people around you having good personal practices of whatever that is like if it's um exercise or meditation or whatever it is that helps you kind of move through that yeah and to help you keep going yeah, yeah. so yeah definitely that's so, so definitely, yeah, it's been a few times, but so you're a big believer in, you know, putting not only hours into your business and your passion and everything you're doing, but also yourself there. Do you have like daily routines? I'm a big believer mm-hmm. in, you know, that we are, we're creatures of habit. Routine is crucial. 
Um, are there things that is non-negotiable in everyday for you, Matt? Yeah, pretty much. Like most days in the mornings, <clears throat> give or take, like I'll kind of set aside about an hour for yep. like exercise, um, meditation, like at least like 10 minutes. Cool. I don't like sitting for that long. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely exercise, breathing exercises, meditation, just a space before breakfast of just like kind of giving yourself that space, like a little mini holiday. Yep. Um, I do a lot. I think that's really important, like taking care of yourself. Um, Downtime is usually important. Um, I'm a big believer in naps now. I'm telling everyone about it. Good, <laughs> good. I recently just became aware of how tired I was. Like there was a period like last year, because I've worked part-time jobs along the way as well to support myself. Yeah, Because yeah. I didn't have any capital behind me. There was no like, you know, you backing, you've done yourself. Family yep. backing you or anything like that. So like building it from scratch and had to work these part-time jobs to support myself as well. And there was times when I was just working seven days and a lot of physical work all on my own kind of thing. And, um, yeah, just going, 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 you know, just going on adrenaline. Just like, all right, just got to show up today because it has to be done. Yeah. And I think I got kind of burnt out a bit, got pretty worn out. And, um, so huge believer in naps. All it yeah. takes is 20 minutes a day. Yeah. And it'll change your life. Yeah. Okay. A lot of famous people like Salvador Dali, um, Winston Churchill, Thomas Edison take regular naps. So I'll I'll be, I, nap. I do like a nap. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big believer in a it's nap. It's not a nap. It's like, it's a, it's a performance. It's a recharge. Nap. I call it's, a recharge. It. it's like you plug your phone in every day. Just yeah. midweek, you need to uh, just shut the eyes and check the back of the eyelids yeah. out for a little bit. It's 20 minutes. That's all it takes. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm just trying to constantly looking for different things. So like I just started going to this local um, gym where they have a sauna. So yep. I do saunas regularly. Um, different things that just... So I have switch off times like at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. It's usually like no more work after that. Um, no screens after 9 p.m. Cool. That's my current kind of yep. rule. But, you know, that might change on track. But really important to have switch off time, I think. You know, or else it's like, especially running a business, you can work anytime, 24-7. Yeah. And that's what I would do. I was like, I'm not working. I'm just like... Yeah, like, yeah, the whole time. And to give yourself a mental holiday, you know, it helps you work, you know, it helps your performance, I think. Yeah, so. and, and I, I agree too. People that are always, <laughs> I'm not at work, but I'm checking my emails and things like that. Well, you actually are at work. And that's why I think having clear rules. Sometimes you really need to go back to when we were kids, you know, right? We eat at this time, we bath, we shower, we go to bed. I think as adults, we let that go. And, mm-hmm. you know, for one thing in the world, you can change your diet, exercise, and do all these things, but sleep is one thing that you can never get back. And so, is that something you obviously found out the hard way? Burnout's not a fun thing, is it? Right? I must admit, I've been there a couple of times. It's not a nice feeling. So, um, do you make sure you get six, seven, eight hours sleep a night now? Oh, sleep is like, sleep is so important for me. I was actually like kind of insomniac for doing uni for about a year and a half kind of thing. And it's like, if anyone's experienced that, it's, it's really, it sucks yeah. basically. Um, <clears throat> and so back then I, it helped me change my life basically. Like that's what you got to do. You got to find new strategies to, to deal with it because sleep for me is extremely important. I have like at least eight hours of sleep a night, probably yeah. minimum. Wow. And that's I know great. guys, I know guys are like, especially entrepreneurs. There's something in this is like, yeah, it's a badge of honor. Oh. Like, oh mate, I got no sleep last night. Oh yeah, I have like maybe one day off for Christmas and that's it. And I'm like, I need their like bloodshot eyed. They yeah. look like tired as hell. Yeah. Like, Are they really productive? As yeah. They're like they're really productive. I, you need that time off. I, I love that. So where to now? So what, what's the future look like? Where, what's plans? Um, where do you see yourself going? Do you want to branch out anything or you've found your niche and you're just going to get better at that? Well, 
part of me is like, who knows? Yeah, you know? cool. Like, I didn't know I'd be here today yeah. where I am with these kinds of products. So I'm kind of open to the future, but the general thing is like, I want this to make an uplifting, inspiring difference in the world. So I want these products to, you know, create a sense of joy and, you know, create, make life more awesome in some way for people. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, so that's like the general thing. And I also want to have that, I want to keep scaling because I think if I can scale it and make it more available, then it's going to make more of a difference. And um, I'd like to come out with a packaged product at some point. And yep. there's new technologies where the packaging can be 100% home compostable. So basically that means if you go on a hike, you can just throw it on the ground. Really? Not that I would recommend no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but whereas now with plastics and like straws yeah. and plastic bags and stuff, they are literally wrecking the environment. Yeah, so and doesn't need to be that way. It, yeah. It's coming out with things that... Yeah, home, and it still looks beautiful. You can print on it. Um, so I'd like to do something in that area. But... Um, yeah, just thinking about like scaling it, um, coming up with new new kind of inventions. Like I love being in the in the factory or the lab, I call it, and just like you know coming up with new concoctions. Like, oh, what if we use that? Or you know, try like you know, like freeze dried raspberries in you know with, with hazelnuts and you know, what would that be like? And and also like purchasing from local farmers. You know, seeing if there's a way to support local growers. Because yeah. I grew up on a farm, and yeah. they might have this for you know farming. Particularly Farmers. now with like the drought and yeah. things like that, like it, it is a very hard thing. So that's a great, and I think that gives you a bit more credibility as well because you've grown up in that environment, seen how hard it is, mm. and now you're trying to give back and incorporate that. Yeah, I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah, I think the bigger you get, the more opportunity you have to support the suppliers as yep. well. So that would be cool. Um, yeah, just, you know, making a difference. You know, for me, it's like at the moment, like focusing more on the vision as opposed to the detail. I'm not very good with details if I start with the details. So I'm better like thinking big picture. Yep. And big picture is very broad. It's just like, oh, I want to make a difference. You know, I want to make a difference with a lot of people. And I want it to be with food because food's very like, you can have intimate experience with food. You eat it, you know, you yeah. take it, you see it, you consume it. Yeah. You know, you kind of have this intimate experience with it. And um, yeah, I love that. So yeah cool I love that so people listening along are like wow I'm like I want some right now where where can we you said we can buy online where can we find out obviously Instagram's awesome and I'd recommend following where can we where can we find out more yeah so um, manuko.com.au um, is the website or just google manuko m-a-n-u-k-o um, also on Instagram manuko loving life um, good, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, loving life. That loving uh, for guys listening, I'll have in the show notes. So if you go to energetic.education, this is episode 112, and um, I'll have links for the socials and the website in there. So you can go on straight away, and um, if you're mouth watering like mine, you'll be able to go and buy some straight away. Now, Matt, before we finish up, I've got a couple of questions that uh, I always like to ask my guests at the end. If uh, you could look back to 18 year old Matt when you're probably just finishing up at Wanganui, What's one bit of advice that you've learned from uh, your uni degree, traveling, creating a business, everything you've done? If you could tell yourself one bit of advice you know now, back when you were 18, what would that be? Um, you don't have to fit into the culture if you don't feel like you fit. Wow. You can create your own, especially in today's world, you're free to create your own life and as long as it's legal, um, which a lot of things are. So, yeah, if you don't feel like you fit in, don't. <laughs> you know, the world needs more people who don't fit in yeah, and make a difference and yeah. make a change in the world, you know, and it's fine if you also do fit in, but I'll say that to the self, you know, like if he didn't back then, if he, you know, it's like going to uni, this job is like, wow, I actually don't want to do any of this. I don't fit into this existing world. There's no job out there for me that I want to do. So yeah. what do you do then? You can go and create a job. 
Yeah. And that's like entrepreneurship or, you know, being an artist or whatever, being a writer, yep. you know, being entrepreneurial. But yeah, we didn't, we didn't get taught that at high school. No, and I know we'll speak about it. I think that's great advice for anyone that, you know, there's not one shoe, size shoe that fits all, you know, mm-hmm. that you can make your own shoe now that unique unique to you you know any colors you want wherever you want around the world you don't even need to have an office you can do all these things like you've just said mm. um that's great advice because unfortunately we weren't taught that and i think you have to learn that along the way so i agree as an 18 year old i would uh, love to hear something like that that you could just make your own career up so mm. um and i think the big advice there is too even if people are listening today and you know you, you feel inspired by what matt said it's not too late is it it's never too late. Never, it's never if too late. If you're still late. breathing, yeah, yeah, it's the right time. And, you know, maybe for some people, like, you need to spend 10, 20 years in a job. Like, you know, different strokes for different folks. It works at different times. For me, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. I just, unfortunately, I, I would have probably earned a lot of money if I stayed at Ernst Young for all those years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I just couldn't do it. Would that make you happy, though? Well, it would have probably destroyed me, yeah. you know, or at least, like, been soul-destroying. And I probably would have struggled to... You know, it would have beaten all the creativity and ideas out of me. You know, I needed to do this certain, go this certain path, and it's kind of trusting that, especially in the beginning, because, you know, when I started out, you have nothing to show for it. All you have is like, oh, you don't even know what you're creating. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't know I was going to be where I am today. Yeah. So I was like, people were probably more concerned about where I was than anything else. Like, ah, yeah. uh, what you know, you know, worried. A little and, bit. and that's nice. And I, I, I must admit, I get that as well. Like, are you mm. sure you're doing the right thing? Yeah, you know, and and at the end of the day, they just care about you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and like when you're starting out, it's, it's it can be tricky. So I think you just got to you got to trust your sense of what you feel like you can manifest, and then as you start to create things and manifest them, then it's like people are like, wow, I didn't realize you're capable of that. Yeah, and so people see you where for where you are today. Yeah, they don't necessarily see for who you can be. Yeah, and so you got to trust that because I feel like there's a sense of who you can become and what you can create. And there's a lot of people. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, that's cool. You're just doing this. It's like, yeah, but you're not seeing what I'm. Even now, it's like people are like, oh, that's great. You're doing that. It's like, oh yeah, but you don't yeah. see like the potential. And yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily true unless until I've manifested it. But there's that sense. I yeah, think. and you can just you tell by your passion and everything you know, and even if some things don't work out at least you're so passionate about what you're doing you've got your vision and i think mm-hmm. that's what brings happiness when you actually find your purpose in life and matt by everything you've said today mate you are definitely on to that and i know people listening that you will be able to take away one two three four things whatever go online buy some chocolate get involved it's good for you gonna save the planet Matt thanks for your time today mate it's been uh, awesome catching up reminiscing on uh, the glory days at Milby check out Steiner Schools on the website if you don't have any idea what we're on about but thanks for your time mate it was awesome thanks so much Dale such a pleasure mate